0: Did Chris Chibnall finally jump the shark? Well, of course, we're going to talk about that season finale on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast.
1: This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Andy Petrick.
0: Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 103 of the Geek Watch Podcast, the show where we talk about what geeks love watching. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petri.
1: Greetings, Brian.
0: So today, I I know that normally this would be something that we would uh, talk about closer to the end of the podcast, but I just have a feeling we're probably going to need a bunch of time to discuss it, so let's just get started, why don't we?
1: Yes, so at this moment, those of you who stop listening before we go into Doctor Who spoilers and you know who you are, go ahead and just uh, don't listen to this episode. Oh, yeah.
0: Wait until you've watched the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, We may, toward the end, talk a little bit of Walking Dead. It depends on how long it takes us to settle this, for sure.
1: That's a nice political, uh, diplomatic word. Well,
0: tis the season. (laughs) Yeah. Since we are recording on Super Tuesday, political is about the best way I think we can handle this situation. So let's talk about the season finale of Doctor Who, The Timeless Children. Timeless Children. Yes. Of course, uh, this started out last season with a reference to The Timeless Child. There was another reference to it, of course, uh, last uh, episode. And then, of course, this season was all uh, this last show. Of course, the season finale. Which promised us to change Doctor Who forever, which it may have done. Yeah, and depending on who you uh, who you are and how you feel about it, it might be for the good or for the bad.
1: It did change Doctor Who forever, but it also was a big affirmation as to the character and the absolute, I guess, power and audacity of the Time Lords. Of from whence they started to how they ended up to their ultimate downfall. It kind of confirmed that. It was a, you know.
0: Yeah, of course, this goes back to the old series. And uh, I think of Colin Baker and, and the comment mm-hmm. that he makes. A billion years, that's what it takes to be truly corrupt. I left Gallifrey to try to fight evil. I should have stayed home. Uh, uh So uh, Gallifrey being a corrupt power, I mean, that's that's been a theme going through Doctor Who for a while, for sure. Right?
1: You know, I don't know a whole lot of classic Who. Maybe I've seen 30 story arcs, you know, because they used to be in four-part serials. Right, four or six parts. Yeah, so maybe like 30 serials, 30 story arcs. But I have read a lot of theories, you know, concerning this and as to old who and people who have really know those little details. And a lot of people say now they know the doctor's name and they're positive about it. And so who knows?
0: Right. Well, certainly, since we are talking about old who, especially those of us who are very familiar with the old classic who Mm -hmm. series, this episode is certainly indicative of something and... This is sort of a deep cut type of thing. You you kind of have to know some of the background, behind the scenes stuff from the classic series. But um, a lot of people are using are referring back to what was known as the Cartmel Master Plan. Now, for for the geek watchers out there that are not familiar with this, Andrew Cartmel was the showrunner for Doctor Who toward the end of the uh, of Classic Who back uh, Sylvester McCoy. Mm,
1: 1989. Yes. With Ace. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yes. Ace was the companion at that time. I do know that.
0: Right. And so he felt that uh, Doctor Who had lost some of its mystique. We had learned too much about the Doctor's past. Okay. You know, because in the beginning, you didn't know about the Time Lords. You didn't really know what planet the Doctor was from. Just that they were some future uh, race. And you got the feeling that, you know, later on, the Doctor wasn't human, but you didn't know who the Doctor was. And it wasn't really until... war games and the end of Troughton's run as the doctor as the second doctor that you found out uh, about the Time Lords and his race and and all that so Cartmel was feeling like that up to that point you would you would there was no mystique you knew pretty much everything that was to know about the doctor so he came up with the idea that he was going to bring some mystique back and so he wasn't fully able to realize his plan because the show was canceled, right. basically. But his plan was basically to, and you can read a lot of this in a novelization called Lung Barrel, which talks about a, a, where Time Lords come from. Mm, um mm-hmm. Uh, more about their breeding habits than you'd possibly want to know.
1: Oh, okay. Um, wow. But also, Do we have any, like, pond far going on kind well, of stuff? Well,
0: actually, they have something known as a loom. That's where mm. Time Lord children come from. Okay. So, uh, well, according to Lung Barrow. But basically, the crux of the situation is that Time Lord society was created by three people. Rassilon, Omega, and a third Time Lord known as the Other it was cartmel's intention of making the doctor a a um a reincarnation of the other that the other threw himself into the loom and reincarnated into the doctor hmm, okay and there were little indications of it in the show some of the stuff had actually been cut out there was a there was a moment where the doctor says that he's more than just a time lord also made a reference to the hand of omega which was his weapon that the doctor indicated that he had been around when it was created. But again, it's like, well, how is that possible? Cause that was back in Omega's time. Mm-hmm. You know? So there was that, the plan to do that, that Ace was going to become a time Lord. But-
1: I do remember, you know, uh, hearing about that, that, uh, that, that, Time lords weren't necessarily Gallifreyans. That other beings could become time lords, right?
0: And that Ace was going to become a time lord.
1: He was training her. He was making her face her fears. There were, uh, if you watch, you know her story arc, you see her actually kind of have a uh, almost Freudian moment where Mm -hmm. she faces the her mother and she she hates her and she faces her mother. And I think it was pretty pretty cool and pretty deep, you know, for the mid eighties. Kind of hokey shows that it was up against and sort of that style of the time,
0: yeah, some people though, to be fair thought that um making the the doctor mysterious and the special being went against what to their mind was what made dr the doctor special, which was that he wasn't he wasn't anybody special he he, he was someone who was part of this society, he looked around and said. Their views on things of of not getting involved was, is irresponsible that if you see something wrong, you should try to do something to, to mm-hmm. correct it and left Time Lord Society to lend a hand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was it. And, you know, going back to even as late as Peter Capaldi's version of The Doctor saying, you know, I'm an idiot with a box and a screwdriver, mm-hmm. you know, passing through, helping where I can. Mm-hmm. You know, that that sort of thing. Well,
1: and what we know of as the doctor, we know that he flunked his tests, that yeah. he stole the TARDIS, that, right. you know, he wasn't the brightest bulb in his class or whatever right. that stuff was. It and took him,
0: uh, he had to take the test twice mm-hmm. to become a Time Lord, and he just barely passed the second time.
1: Yeah, it was a little little Kirk with Kobayashi Maru, kind of, a, you yeah. know, you didn't, he wasn't a genius, he wasn't.
0: Obviously, he's a Time Lord, he was pretty much the smartest person in the room, mostly. But around other Time Lords, I mean, even Romana was much smarter than he was, mm-hmm.
1: and even the Master. The only problem is the Master's crazy. So, yeah.
0: at least in the new version of Doctor Who, was in the in the older version, he was just he was just malevolent and. Wanted to rule the universe
1: Ah, okay See, I can remember like the old master, you know, trying to uh, You know, turning the the people into dolls And he had all these experiments that he was doing You know, of the classic Who that I've seen Right Which was, you know, kind of when I did get to see our new master here And, you know, oh, that's a good callback to, you know, the old times To
0: to John Mm Simms' master, certainly And then we see him,
1: you know, doing all of his experiments Yeah, I, I
0: have to say, although I'm very fond of a lot of the portrayals of different portrayals Trails of the Master, you know, Mm. uh, Roger Delgado will always be, uh, because he was the first one to play the Master, and I loved that, the way that he played the Master, and I kind of wish...
1: Was he mustache and goatee, like evil Kirk and evil Spock? Oh, yes, he was very
0: much mustache and goatee. Yes, uh uh-huh. So that uh, way you know they're evil. Yeah. But, you know, the thing about it was he was was extremely clever. Of course, he was the uh, foe for the second Doctor, or for the third Doctor, I should say, John Pertwee. And the thing about Pertwee's portrayal, his portrayal of the Doctor was very serious. There was not an awful lot of comedy going on. Mm -hmm. He was very much like a 007 type, you know? Okay. So, I mean, there wasn't a lot of comedy. He was probably the most capable, I would say, of the Doctors. He was never at a loss for figuring out what to do. He was always on top of his game. In fact, the point where he wound up uh, sacrificing his life was that moment where he had, he faced his fear because it was a situation he wasn't in control of at all and couldn't control. And it just totally, it was his greatest fear. And he had to face that fear mm-hmm. to basically ultimately win, although it did cost him a life Yeah, to do that. But the thing about, uh, you know, going back to this series, I mean, there's this idea of, of what the Doctor is. And of course, now with this revelation, with this revelation, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, it says something about the Time Lords and and Mm -hmm. some stuff that doesn't really change their uh, history. In fact, if you've been following their history, it's like, yeah, this sounds like something. It sounds
1: exactly yes. I mean, what they would do from the their very beginning, if we're going to do a summary of it or not. But as it turns out, you know, the original Gallifreyans were not Time Lords. They lived a long life, but they did not regenerate. I'm sorry. What were they? Their names again? Go uh, the Shibogans. Shibogans. Okay, so the Shibogans. They had this scientist, this astronaut who explores space, and she lands on a planet, and she finds a kid standing there in front of a portal, and then she kidnaps
0: them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that that's questionable. Was it was it you know a kidnapping or it's like well I can't just leave this kid here in the middle of nowhere, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. There's you know. But obviously, when Tectuin discovers that this kid can regenerate, it's like, hey, this could be useful, uh, mm-hmm. and, and discovers the secret to regeneration.
1: And then kind of tortures the kid yeah. for many, many regenerations, yeah. tortures this kid to puts, find puts out this, the secret. Puts this
0: kid, yeah, puts this kid through a lot to, yeah. to manage that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rough, for mm-hmm. sure. But uh, ultimately, what it comes down to is we find out... That the Doctor is this timeless child. Yes. That she's had lives upon lives she doesn't remember because her memory was white.
1: Right. And she wasn't originally from Gallifrey and possibly not even our universe. Yeah. Because she could have come through this portal.
0: Yeah.
1: That uh, Tycoon that found her on. And we're, we're introduced to Tycoon and I can't, I keep imagining, all right, let's say John Glenn, Buzz Aldrin, you know, someone lands on the moon, they take their first steps, turn around and there's a kid there. And they're like, well, let's let's take this home, and, <laughs> and so they bring it home, and they give it to NASA, and then NASA does experiments. See, it doesn't sound nothing about this sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> Remember, well, I guess Torchwood was around then, so uh, would have you know given it over to Torchwood. I don't know. Oh, yeah, uh,
0: that that sounds exactly <laughs> like what would happen. <laughs> I, I suppose. Well, you know, Torchwood is a British agency, so Mm -hmm. they might have had to...
1: Branches out, yeah. Wow. Sent it over there.
0: Who knows? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I guess what it comes down to is when we're looking at this episode, you know, they promised this is going to change Doctor Who forever. And I mean, obviously, it changes our view of who the Doctor is, because (laughs) now we have a bunch of questions. For one is, what was going on before the mind wipe? Mm -hmm. I mean, because obviously a lot of this stuff was redacted and it's got to be something because they're willing to allow the discovery of the Timeless Child, you know, the role that it played in, you know, allowing Time Lords to exist in the first place. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is fine. But what the doctor did when he, she Mm -hmm. was a member of the division that has to be redacted. We can't show any of that at all. You know, that has to be encrypted. That has to be wiped. Everything else is fine up to that point. But then we get to this point, nope, nope, nobody mm-hmm. can know about this. So what was going on? It's so bad that even the Time Lords weren't going to allow a record of this, which, I mean, the, uh, the Matrix is only, you know, only Time Lords have access to the Matrix and only under certain circumstances. I mean, we've dealt... Especially in Classic Who, we've dealt with the Matrix several times. So we know what it's we know what it's like and we know how secure it is, although the master seems to be able to jump in and out of this I mean, since the classic series has been able to get into the matrix. So this is nothing new. But you find yourself asking this question, where does this you know, where does the division play into this? What did the doctor do? And was the doctor in some degree involved in having her mind wiped? Was mm-hmm. that... Um, Voluntary. Was. Was, was that something that they knew, mm-hmm. you know, that that the doctor was, was part of the plan for this? I mean, obviously, the division was responsible for certain things that were so bad that the doctor didn't want to be involved with them anymore and ran away. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already know that from this season. There's a possibility that, you know, the Ruth doctor was captured eventually by the division and got her mind wiped and, of course, started this new journey.
1: As William Hartnell. As William yeah. Hartnell. Mm-hmm.
0: And we have seen a little bit from the Peter Capaldi series. We do know a little bit of, about the Doctor as a child because we do happen to see him briefly mm-hmm. as a child. So as the Hartnell child and some of the development of that character, like I said, just briefly. But we,
1: but we, do, but we did get a lot that briefly. We, we got that he did dream of being a Time Lord and that he was worried about not being good enough. You know, that was uh, we're talking about the under the bed scene, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I thought.
0: Yeah. Being afraid of the dark. And yeah. Being
1: afraid of the dark and worried about be- not being good enough. So we did get at one point in time, the the doctor was turned back into a child, you know, started right. from the beginning from scratch and having no memory of her previous life as whatever this timeless child was now thinks that she's Gallifreyan and she only has 13 regenerations.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. Now obviously because of this we now have a bunch of plot holes in this in the story now because one of the things that and of course you you see from the classic series in this episode you see references to the brain of morbius and this has been debated for for a while now is the extra faces during the time lord wrestling scene where the doctor is fighting morbius and you see the doctor's regenerations mm-hmm. you see a you know morbius's face and then you see all these other faces which that aren't canon that are not obviously dr canon and there was a question were these morbius morbius's regenerations were these the doctor's regenerations Mm -hmm. of course the writers had intended them to be regenerations of the doctor we'd never seen Mm -hmm. but of course canon stepped away from that and so Mm -hmm. when i first saw it you know i thought that it was faces of, of morbius okay another time lord And, you know, I I didn't get the idea that these were regenerations of the Doctor. But, you know, again, you had that sort of um, you had sort of this canon tear where Mm -hmm. you weren't exactly sure what they were they were indicating. But, of course, now with this uh, season closer, it's like, yes, these were faces of the Doctor before, you know, before Hartnell. Mm -hmm. And so they've changed that in canon to. So basically what it would what it originally was going to be, but so uh, what it
1: really it was like there was the timeless child and then there was regeneration to become the Time Lord because before that she really wasn't a, a Time Lord per se, as in like Gallifreyan, just that they spliced her DNA with them so that they could have all these, so that they could extend their own lives, which allowed them to really, you know, develop science and develop this technology which allowed them to do all the things that they do, but, you know, again, corrupt and the ends justify the means with the Time Lords, and so with all these plot holes, are we exploring them next? Is that where we're going next? Well, I
0: mean, that's definitely something that I want to talk about. I mean, obviously the crux to this episode is going to be, how how does this change the show going forward? And I think mm-hmm. that's a really important question to ask because, and this was something about the episode that bothered me, was they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. In other mm-hmm. words, they wanted to say, this is going to change Doctor Who forever. But then you have that scene with the Ruth Doctor saying, hey, really, does your past really change who you are now? And my feeling on this is, look, it either changes things, it either matters, or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't matter then why did you do it in the first place and if it does matter you can't go back and pretend like it didn't happen it has to be a part of the show from this point forward you can't just go back and we're not going to talk about this anymore Mm -hmm. it has to become a part of the show so it either matters or it doesn't and this is something we've talked about on doctor who before but chris chibnall I have to say over the last two seasons ha- has worried me as a showrunner and specifically because he has this issue with putting things in the show that, that have a deep emotional impact. I mean, he's been avoiding the Christmas episodes, which anyone who's who, who remembers the Christmas episodes, you know, especially in the new series, because classic Who didn't really do Christmas episodes mm-hmm. per se, not like they did in New Who, but the Christmas episode was always... It always had an emotional, an emotional element to it. it there was always that moment, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was the woman who'd lost her husband who is uh, who manages to get him back. Yes, you know that that mm-hmm. that moment or the moment where mm-hmm. lead uh, us
1: home and yeah, yeah,
0: where it le- leads him home mm-hmm. or or the moment you know between Peter Capaldi's doctor and River Song, uh, you know, that moment where they're spending their last night together and you actually get to see that and. Mm-hmm. Or even in that same episode where River, who, you know, up to a certain point, doesn't know that Peter Capaldi is the doctor, doesn't know that's a doctor and then realizes who it is. <laughs> that moment, you're just like, oh, Aww. yeah, it's, it's a mm-hmm. bu- it's a beautiful moment. But there's a lot of those moments in the Christmas episodes. And the fact that that uh, Chris Chimnall seems really scared to try to deliver that bothers me. You know, going back to the episode that bothered me, where you had that moment with Graham, you know, the doctor just like, Well, I'm just gonna slink off. Yeah. Because you had this you had this moment and Th- the writing just steered completely away from yes, it, and it
1: was absolutely the writing. You know, we'll say it endlessly. We know that these actors are amazing. We know what they are capable of. We've seen Jodie Whittaker as this grieving mother in Broadchurch. We've we know what they're capable of. It's never it's never the actors. Yeah, again, we the fans and the actors we deserve better.
0: Well, you know, it's it, it's like the say It's like the uh, the screenwriter saying, you know, if it's not on the page, it's not on the stage it has to be there and and for some reason and chimel's just you know he's the showrunner so we got to lay we got to lay this on him you know they've been scared of those moments they've been scared of them and that's part of what makes doctor who mm-hmm. and again for me what this comes down to is have they ruined doctor who uh, well let me let me just put it this way to my mind doing the timeless child and that storyline by itself I don't think ruins Doctor Who at all. Mm -hmm. It's what they decide to do with that storyline that's going to wreck things. And that's what worries me, because adding this to the Doctor, it is basically opening up a door to do something really good or to do something really terrible. And I don't know yet if Chibnall is up to it, because, again, you can't just now pretend that this never happened and that this doesn't really affect the Doctor. Because if you do, then what was the point of all this in the first place? But if you are going to change the show, where are you taking it at this point? Because I mean, there's a lot of questions, and again, there are a lot of plot holes. this now opens up, you know, because regeneration came from the Doctor. Okay, well then, how how was River Song able to regenerate? Mm-hmm. You know, because they said it came from something completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, so we could sit here and again, we could just you know, we yeah, could we're gonna f- f-
1: we could fan theory this to, to yeah. death.
0: We could we could, mean, could say well, could well what, what you know, you know, how does this answer the the question that, you know, that the 11th doctor was out of regenerations. Mm-hmm. You know, why did the Time Lords have to intervene so, and give him a new regeneration cycle if there's no limit to how many times the doctor can regenerate? Why did that happen? I mean, unless again,
1: the Time Lords lost that lost that uh, knowledge of him being the Timeless Child, just like he was wiped.
0: Yeah. Well, so I that mean, could that's, be. that's the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there are other questions we could wind up answering. Like, mm-hmm. we know the doctor's not a Time Lord. What about. Omega and Rassilon, were they shibogans You know, who is this race that the Doctor came from? Mm-hmm. You know, where are they, and how you handle that question is going to be a major. Could be either a major, big, great thing about the show, or they could, again, if they wind up tanking it, <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna kill the show for sure. And how long can you keep the you know keep a secret on that? But you know, there are other questions too, like uh, tech tween. I mean, you know. What happened to her was the woman in the end of time the one that helped the doctor and was always appearing to to Wilfred was that Tectoine? Mm-hmm. I mean because they never they never said
1: well I've told you my theory on it is that who became the the master because the master was always doing the experiments and yeah. I wouldn't put it past the master to kidnap a child take it back do experiments on it yeah and then steal that you know that well, for himself well, well so. here's
0: the other thing too is we see all these scenes, you know, in The Matrix for the for the Doctor. And <clears throat> but there's really nothing in there that says that that's that the Doctor is the timeless child. The master says it. Mm-hmm. That's the only proof that we have. Mm-hmm. So that's that's another question. Are we <clears throat> are we getting ready for another Ryan Johnson level retcon? That they're going to come back and tell us uh, none of this was true. Do they intend to do that? They and they have intended to do that all along, or because of the backlash, they're going to have to do it. Which is what happened with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, they wound up having to retcon a retcon, mm-hmm. and that makes it worse. Which makes it worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Don't I mean, do it. <laughs> so like I said, I, you know, it's not the stuff they did on the show Call Joe that. Hill. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it's not that the things that they did on this show bother me so much, and I have to admit, maybe I'm getting old, but uh, I I would have been so angry about this, and now mm. I, I you know I just can't work up the anger for it at this point. <laughs> but the thing is, the things that happen to the show itself are, are not what concern me. It's what they're going to have to do to deal with it from this point on, and if they're up to it, that's what concerns me. Mm-hmm. Because they've set themselves up for either a, hitting a home run or completely tanking the show. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, Chibnall, as showrunner, hasn't shown me yet that he's up to that challenge. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, we, got, we got the doctor in prison now. Yep. Shadow uh,
1: proclamation, came and got her uh, yeah. for a cold case. And so this could, this could be a crime that she hasn't even committed yet. So, well, you know, I mean, there's
0: no, there's no telling. Since there was, as we know from this season, that there was a warrant for her arrest for the Ruth doctor, a few thousand years have, have passed. Well, lifetimes.
1: We don't know where in time Ruth was. Right. So this could have been yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've had these thousands yeah, of lives since yeah, then. Yeah, there's,
0: there's no telling for sure. It really depends on how long from when the doctor left the division to when she was recaptured. There's no telling. So we we can't say that for sure. But, I mean, obviously at this point, she's going to be in prison. I mean, the sentence was forever, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's not like until our next regeneration. They're like lives, you know. Mm -hmm whole life so this is life imprisonment and then the next life imprisonment and the next one so it has to be for whatever reason it has to be pretty badly it Mm -hmm. had to be pretty bad for whatever this is so
1: we're gonna have to have something pretty extreme to break her out
0: which is gonna be exciting yeah Mm -hmm. very possibly so but i mean obviously this is well jack is starting to show up in some advertising Mm -hmm. so so i mean that's certainly a possibility but the big question is going to be you know, what happens from now on, of course, uh, the name of the episode is going to be the, uh, the Revolution of the Daleks. And, you know, for some reason, the Daleks only come out for the special. Uh, it's not a Christmas special. I don't think this is going to be a Christmas special. But uh, so we don't know when exactly it's coming out. So we don't know. But that's going to be the episode to watch, because now we'll at that point, we're going to know the new stuff that we know about the doctor. How much is it going to play into the new series? Is it going to matter? Does it no longer matter? Now, one thing that we do know for that this episode is we are going to lose two companions. Only Yaz is going to remain by the end of the episode. We're going to lose Graham. We're going to lose Ryan. They're both leaving the show. So we know that. They've already announced that. So so after that point, it's just going to be Yaz and the Doctor. But the question is going to, is going to come, uh, you know, what happens next? I mean, obviously, we've not seen the end of the Master and uh, the Cybermasters. They They escaped. They've, as much as indicated it in the episode, there's no quite, you know, obviously, you know, the doctor and the Cybermaster showed up there through they got one of the other TARDISes and had it on standby. I mean, obviously, because now the master has the Matrix of Gallifrey in his head as as well as a Siberium. And so he's now, you know, oh, that's going to help the crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. But now you have that situation. And uh, so we are going to be dealing with the Cybermasters again, obviously. I mean, the Master has has been using the Cybermen for his own personal playthings for a while now. It's, I mean, since the beginning of the Capaldi series, the Master has been geared in with the Cybermen. So this has been part of some big process. And, and again, you know, going back to Capaldi's first season, the Master being able to create a, a mini-matrix that uh, she was using to pull uh, human consciousness into. But you know, again, this next episode, and we don't know when we're going to get it, the next episode is going to, I think that's going to be the make or break for the show. It's because we'll see what happens after that. I think it's going to be a really important episode because, again, like I said, what happened in the season finale, I know a lot of people are upset by it, and I get it. Believe me, I totally get it. But that in itself is not what's going to be what makes or breaks the show. I think it's what they do with it from this point on is what's going to make or break it, and we'll know that. I would say as early as this next episode, whenever it comes out, whatever that we see the special, we'll we'll find out for sure. Well, I mean, I like I figured it was going to take us this entire episode to talk about this. Next week we'll talk uh, Walking Dead. We'll have two episodes to talk about. Uh, I know you haven't even seen the, the episode of Walking Dead. It was this no, last weekend. No, I was
1: watching Doctor Who and doing taxes.
0: Yeah. So which one of them did you enjoy? Oh. That was a little. Ter- it was a little rough. Yeah. To be honest, this this last episode was kind of um. Well, it was kind of a filler episode. It it was more setting things up than it was uh, actually. Knocking them down, knocking them down. for Sure. But we I think that we can definitely talk about those two episodes next week. So, I mean, we've got to the end of Doctor Who for now. You know, when we find out more about uh, when the episode airs, you know, we'll uh, we'll prep for it. We'll get ready. We'll watch it and we'll definitely talk about it uh, afterwards. So. With that said, we come to the end of episode 103 of the Geek Watch Podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views for the Geek Watch Podcast. For Mandy Petri, this is Brian Hatcher. Reminding all the Geek Watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch podcast is a Hanging J production.